Parkview Church, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Good Friday here at Parkview Church where we are meditating together on the crucifixion of the Son of God for sinners like us. We're going to be focusing our time in Romans 5, verses 5 to 10. And I want to hear again verse 8 of this magnificent passage, maybe for many of us, one of the most beloved verses in all the Bible. Verse 8 of chapter 5 of Romans. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is God's word. Let's seek him in prayer together. Father, what sort of God are you? That in the fullness of your love, For sinners like us, you sent your beloved Son. As it says in the great hymn we just sang, ruin sinners. We've ruined our lives through sin and deserve nothing but an eternity of your just wrath. Ruin sinners, but you came to reclaim us. Hallelujah, what a Savior. In my place, condemned Jesus stood. All that we could say is, oh, what love the Father has lavished upon us. Lord, we believe this. We believe this. But help our unbelief this evening. By the power of your spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. The great 5th century theologian Augustine once said this, that the cross was a pulpit in which Christ preached his love to the world. The cross was a pulpit in which Christ preached his love to the world. And so tonight, Parkview Church, as we look at the cross together, God wants to preach a sermon to you from the cross of his beloved son. And this sermon is found so beautifully in Romans 5, verses 5 to 10. And here's what the Father is saying to each of us tonight, if we would just believe it, if we would just receive this reality. The Father says this, I love you now because I loved you then, and I'll love you always. The Father loves you right now, verse 5. The Father loved you back then at the cross, verses 6 to 8. And wonder of wonders, the Father will always and forever love you, verses 9 to 10. Love you now, loved you then, love you always. That's what the Lord wants to say to you tonight. If you would just believe it. The first thing the Father says to us as we look at the cross and as the pulpit of his Son is, is, is the cross, the Father loves us right now, verse 5. Look with me at verse 5. God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit 
who has been given to us. God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Paul here is talking about a present tense reality experience, a felt sense of the Father's love for us right now. God the Father loving you right now, pouring his love into your heart right now by the Holy Spirit. It's as if the Holy Spirit upgrades our current life right now by taking the future life in heaven, which we know is the fullness and uninterrupted pleasure of the glory of God in loving sinners like us forever through his son Jesus, heaven, tasting that forever. The Holy Spirit takes that and then he downloads that upgrade right now into the software of our lives. The Father loves you right now. And this is crucial to remember that the Holy Spirit is not a thing. The Holy Spirit is not an it or an idea or a force or an energy. The Holy Spirit is God himself, the third person of the Trinity. And so what Paul is saying is that God loves you so much. He wants to tell you of his love so badly that he himself, he sends his spirit to pour out his love into your heart right now. You see, when I told my wife Claire that I loved her, it was 12 years ago last month, I did not send a carrier pigeon to drop a note. I didn't delegate the glorious message of my love to one of my roommates in college to go tell her. I did not send her a text message. No, I came to Claire myself. I told her myself. I looked her in the eyes and poured out my heart of love for her. God pouring out his love into our hearts right now by the Holy Spirit if we would just believe. I wonder if there are any people here tonight, any of us here that don't feel loved by God right now. Maybe four years ago, we felt loved by God. We had a sense of his love for us. But right now, it is a dry and despairing desert in our hearts. Well, there's good news for you because that phrase there in verse five where it says, God poured into our hearts in the original Greek, the pouring is the image of a storm cloud bursting in downpour of refreshment on a dry desert land. In other words, God is not tonight. God the Father is not looking for cups that are already overflowing. He's looking for people who are empty. He's looking for people who are despairing. He's looking for people who are not doing great in the Christian life. He's looking for those who are failing and not victorious and not walking in power but feel weak. The Lord pours his love by his Holy Spirit into our hearts right now, drenching us with his love. If we would just believe it, uh, Parkview, that's the first thing that God the Father is preaching to you from the pulpit of the cross of his son. He says, I love you right now. Do you believe that? But maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, but Wade, I've got, 
ongoing failure. I'm still struggling with that sin I thought I would be rid of by now. The anger problem is still hurting others. My lustful addiction still destroys my joy. My apathetic boredom still disrupts my prayer life. My deep-seated bitterness towards those who hurt me. I mean, how could God love me? The love of God for many of us in this room maybe is an idea, a theoretical concept. So then how does it get real? Well, then you need the second word that God preaches to you from the pulpit of the cross of his son. And it is this, not just that he loves you now, but I loved you then at the cross of Christ, verses six to to eight. The father loved you back then, verse six. Look at what the text says about us. Repeating things we've heard from Romans one to three, while we were still weak, meaning we were morally powerless to do the things that honor and please God. At the right time, Christ died for, verse 6 says, meaning as a substitute in the place of, on behalf of, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, this is a catch-all term describing the ways that we humans are not like God, ungodly, not godlike. It defines so much of what sin is. God loves and forgives, but we maintain bitterness. God is holy and pure, but we have all sorts of mixed motivation for our own praise and honor. God is wise, but we reject the truth. What Romans 1 said, we suppress the truth. We don't want God to tell us what to do. Thank you very much. We'd rather live life on our own. God gives himself in love, and yet we indulge ourselves in selfishness. We are weak. We are ungodly. And then top it all off, verse 8, we are sinners in revolt against God, hating him, turning from him like sheep going on our own path, and therefore we deserve God's just wrath against us. But wonder of wonders, verse 8, God demonstrates, God proves in real time in history, showing us, convincing of us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then look at how Paul seeks to clarify God's love by contrasting it with how humans typically operate. Verse 7, he says, for one, for a human will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. Human love, Paul says, human love at its best At its best, we are even unsure if we'll sacrifice for a good person. We hesitate. There's hesitation, right? The words in verse 7, scarcely, perhaps, dare even to die. Maybe, we might, we possibly, maybe might sacrifice ourselves for a good person. But now look at God's love in verse 8. Not hesitation at human goodness, but motivation to love human badness. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's love is the never-before-seen footage of radical self-giving for sinners. Humans say, I'll maybe give my life for someone with a stellar resume. 
God's love says, I'll definitely give my life for the person with a sketchy past who got fired from their three previous jobs because nobody liked them. Humans walk out the door into this world searching for good people to be friends with. Jesus walks out the front door of heaven, runs to earth, and for the joy set before him, goes to a cross of wrath, searching for the worst sort of people to be friends with. Humans say, I will give my best if that person gives me their best. God says to the cross, to each of us tonight, I've already seen your worst, and so I will give you my best. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 8, God preaches to us this evening that in our present ongoing sin, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It doesn't say while we were starting the road of repentance. It doesn't say while we were starting to get going in the spiritual disciplines of the Christian life, while we started a good prayer life, while we fill in the blank of the things we so often think as humans that we can do to flex our muscles, so to speak, before the Lord for him to be impressed and for him to finally wake up and start loving us. Not at all. While we were sinners, giving God the middle finger, running away from him, Christ died for us. It shows us this, is that God the Father is not repelled by our sin, but compelled by our sin to draw ever closer to us. 19th century pastor Octavius Winslow said it like this, the death of Jesus was the opening and emptying of the full heart of God. It was the outgushing of that ocean of infinite mercy that heaved and panted and longed for an outlet. It was God showing how he could love a poor, guilty sinner. God on the cross, longing to love you, demonstrating his love for you that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you believe this, Parkview? Do you receive the Father loving you right now by the Holy Spirit? Do you receive the Father proving his love for you, loving you back then at the cross in the past? But there's one more point the Father is preaching to us from the cross of his crucified son in Romans 5. And a friend of mine showed me this recently. Not only does the Father say, I love you now, not only does he say, I loved you then, but he says to us tonight, I will always love you. The Father says, I will always love you. Parkview, wonder of wonders, there will never be a moment in time if, if by faith, if we would just cast ourselves on the mercy of Jesus Christ and receive him, there's never a moment coming in your life where the Lord will never love you. The Father always will love you. He never stops loving us. Verse nine, Paul says, since, he's making a turn now, In his argument, since we've been justified, we've been put right with God through faith by the blood of Jesus. That's the past event since we've been justified, past tense. Much more shall we be, talking about the future now, much more shall we be saved from the wrath of God 
And then verse 10, for if while we were enemies past, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, friends, children of God, accepted, shall we be saved. Paul's talking about here about the, the future life with God, future salvation, entering into the presence of God forever in heaven. Did you notice how Paul says it? In the past, God loved us as sinners. And that was proven at the cross of his beloved son. Then, much more, how much more reason for the Father to love us now in the future and ongoing, now that we are reconciled to him as his beloved children. We could say it like this, Parkview. The Father did not love and Jesus did not die for you when you were good. So then he will not forsake you when you are really bad. God loved you while you were sinning. It's so important you actually read the, the, the words of the Bible, right? Verse 8, while we were sinners. And if God loved you while you were sinning, so he will keep loving you now that you are his child, and, and in your heart is this battle with sin and this struggle with sin, and you're trying your best by the help of the Spirit to live in a way that honors the Lord, don't you think he'll continue to keep loving you? If he did it when you were a terrible monster, he'll do it now that you are his precious child. How much more? How much more, Parkview Church? If you are plugged into Christ... If by faith you have received all that Jesus has done on the cross, the empty hands of faith, received it as the gift, full stop, and you didn't add one, two, or three good things you've done. Nothing of yourself, all Jesus, is you've gone that far, and you've gone all in with Christ and received him. Don't you realize what that means? Past, present, or future. There's nothing that will ever lead in your life to the Father unloving you. The father would have to stop loving his son Jesus in order for him to stop loving you. And you and I would all be heretics if we would think maybe there's a time where the father might stop loving the son. You know that's never going to happen. And therefore, there's never coming a day in your life no matter how badly you have torpedoed your life in sin or will torpedo your life in sin, where the Father will stop loving you. While we're still sinners, he loved us. How much more now that we are his children will he continue to love us? This is who our Father is. I love you now. I loved you then. I proved it to you. And so that means I'll always love you. I'll close with this. I love my three-year-old son, Haddon. Several of you know him. He's wonderful. There are times when Haddon struggles to obey. He doesn't honor mommy and daddy with how he lives. He's a present tense sinner just like all of us. 
So we'll have to correct him. We'll have to help him choose a better way and to think about what he's doing. But something unique happened about two months ago with Haddon. It wasn't unique that he was having a bad day. That was true. He was having a very bad day. Sin, disobedience, it just felt like again and again and again. He sinned and then disobeyed and disobeyed, disobeyed, disobeyed. And further correction and further training and further correction. And, and after we had confronted and corrected him, he finally turned to me and he asked, do you still love me even while I disobey? And everything in my father's heart wanted to preach to him in that moment. Yes, Haddon, I love you. I love you now. I've always loved you in the past. I will always love you into the future. And it's the cry of the heart of a little boy to his dad. He just wanted assurance that I know it's been bad today, but do you still love me even if I disobey? And it's the cry of our hearts this evening to our Heavenly Father, needing security as you and I recognize our sinfulness, as you and I recognize areas in our life right now of ongoing disobedience and failure and falling short, as it says of Romans 3, of the glory of God. And we feel that, and we know that, and we see that, and in the midst of that, we turn to our Father, and at times we doubt, and we question, do you still love me when I disobey? And tonight, the Father preaches to us from Romans 5, yes, I've proven my love to you in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And if he's done that in the past, then all we are entering into is day after day and month after month and year after year and decade after decade of experiencing more and more of the love of the Father that he lavishes upon us. 17th century theologian John Owen says this. This is how I close. Above all things, the Father loves you. Be fully assured in your hearts that the Father loves you. Have no fears or doubts of the Father's love for you. The greatest sorrow, part of you, listen to this, the greatest sorrow and burden that you can lay on the Father, the greatest unkindness that you can do to him is not to believe that he loves you. So part of you, the Father's been preaching to you a sermon from the pulpit of the cross of his Son. I love you now. I loved you then. I will always love you. The question is, do you believe the love that the Father has for us? Now is the time. Now is the time to receive that love. For some of us, that means we receive it all over again. Tonight, Good Friday, is a chance for us as we meditate on the cross to remember how deep the Father loved us. And for those of us here, some of us who have not yet opened ourselves up to be loved by God, tonight is the night where the offer for you through Jesus Christ is that you would receive the eternal love of the Father for you. Part of the, the greatest burden and sorrow on the Father's heart is not your sin. 
It is that you don't believe he loves you so much he would give you Jesus to die for you. So now's the chance for us through prayer to say, Father, we believe. Help our unbelief. Let's pray. Father, we do come to you now. We come to you and we say, yes, we, we believe. We believe in the love of God that you have for us through Christ, your son. And yet, and yet we pray by your Holy Spirit, help our unbelief. Each of us, each of us have areas in our life where we just, we don't really think you love us right there. Help us believe, Father, we pray by the Spirit's power. Amen.